Reflection Sunday, it's um, a concept that uh, God gave our senior pastor, where on, um, on the Sunday we'll have a discussion around um, an attribute of Jesus, you know, one of his characters. Um, you may ask, why, why Jesus? I'll tell you in a sec, um, right? Jesus is, um, he's, out, he's the main person we really need to emulate. Uh, this time around, as I was um, thinking about this Sunday again, this scripture kept coming to me, um, and it, in my mind, is truly the anchor scripture for this program, 2 Corinthians 3.18, I believe, the scripture that says that with an unveiled face, we behold Jesus. If you can, if you can put it up on the screen, that'd be great. But paraphrasing, you know, with an unveiled face, with understanding, right, God, unveiling our eyes when we look at Jesus we, we, when we look at him we are transformed we go from glory to glory and we're even more aligned to him um, so it really is important to, to study the life of Jesus to understand um, how he walked the earth when he did um, we know that he was fully man um, but at the same time um, really stayed on, on track he stayed on course um, as to what God wanted him to do um, we are his brothers and his sisters, and we, we have the same task. Each and every one of us, we, you have a purpose. You, there's, when God put you on this earth, he didn't just, he was thoughtful about it. You know, he didn't just say, okay, yeah, number 10,000 baby today or this year. I, I, I don't know. What I'm trying to say, scripture says it too in the book of Peter somewhere where um, each and every one of us is a gift in you. There's, there's a reason why you're on this earth. There's a reason why God chose you in this dispensation, in this, in this time, in your family, in the state you're in, in the school you're in. And um, every time, each and every one of us, every time that we live out the reason why God put, uh, put us here, it's such a blessing, not just to you, but to everyone um, around you. So that's why this, this Sunday I get very excited, you know, when we start to plan and we start to talk about it, I get very excited because I know that um, this is really key to all of us walking in, in, in our purpose. Amen. So last year, we talked about love and compassion. I would say my favorite by far. It was easy to pick the topic last year because actually personally when I got saved, the love of God was one of the first things that God really... Um, impressed upon my heart. I think, yeah, when I got saved, um, I really saw God lo God's love for me. Um, so it's one of those topics that is so near and dear to me. Um, so yeah, we, we, we talked about love and, and um, we talked about the love of God. We talked about the love of Jesus. We talked about how Jesus loved his father so much. Um, we, we talked about how, yes, he's given us that love. We have the capacity to love just like that. Um, and this follow-up, you know, the follow-up, this follow-up discussion that we have now. So, you know, we can say, oh, oh, I love God so much. We're crying, worship session, you know, oh, oh, I love you. But there is something that we must do to show our love. No ifs, no buts, no, there's no, you can't, it's, emotions doesn't really display, you know, just talk, you know, even as a husband and wife, if your spouse tells you he or she loves you, but the actions don't show it, it's kind of hard to believe. Um, children and parents, if your parents tell you, oh, I love you so much, kisses, but they don't show love from, from they, the way they treat you, the way they talk to you, the way they care about you, it's 
it's kind of hard to believe. So um, we felt that the, the follow-up um, topic to choose is really obedient. So that one thing that we must do to demonstrate our love. You know, we saw that Jesus demonstrated obedience in, in how he walked on earth. And I'm convinced, Otito and I, I'm, com well, I know, we're com I'm coming. <laughs> I know I'm not the only one here. So Otito and I, right, as we talked about this, um, oh my God, did I just mention a thought? Um, yeah, yes, we were seeing how it's, God, we're convinced that this is a word for this season for us in this family. This morning um, during Sunday school, my students who went to youth retreat told me that they were talking about obedience. I said to them, ah, I, sh I should have had you on this panel, right? Um, last Sunday, uh, Pastor, if you really listen to what, you know, the, his topic of surrender and um, the places we're reading in, in John and really, um, you know, entering his rest, it really ties into this topic. So. I really believe that there's a reason that this topic is coming to us um, now. So Holy Spirit, please help us um, understand individually what we need to do, the tweaks we need to make, why you're bringing this, um, <clears throat> this topic to us in this season, and may we obey and, um, and adjust accordingly, amen. Um, so yeah, we'll be talking about obedience today. I think this is everything I wanted to um, mention. Um, so I will hand it over to Otito, who will first have everyone, um, you know, do their introductions, and then we'll go into our discussion. And uh, my name is Jessica Emanuel. That's my introduction. Amen. Otito. Thank you, sis. Um, good morning, everyone. So I'm Otito Okoye. Um, Ernest? I'm Daphne Laurent. I'm Sinadi Laurent. I'm Daphne's husband. <laughs> How can I top that? <laughs> I'm Onyeka Chuku Emmanuel, child of God. Yes. I'm Christopher Laurent. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone. So we're just going to hop right in. Um, so uh, as we talked about, our topic today is obedience, and everything is to point, reflect back to our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, our first question, actually, I'm going to pose the first question, but I'm going to shed some light as I pose the first question. So the first question that we are going to discuss in this discussion, this we're going to talk about in this discussion is um, that the first thing that we need to understand is uh, about obedience is the concept of lordship. That's lordship, right? What does lordship mean to you as a Christian, and what are the fruits of Christ's lordship in your life? So with that question of obedience and lordship, I want us to first understand or first, you know, grasp what Daddy, Pastor Emmanuel, was talking to us about last week. Obedience cannot happen by our own might. So we want to just pose that right now and get into it, but lordship is usually when a person acknowledges and decides to yield themselves to the ownership of someone or something else, right? So as a believer, we yield to the Lord Jesus Christ. 
When you yield to the Lord Jesus Christ, you give up your rights and you give up your life. You become a corpse. According to the book of Galatians 2.20, it tells us that it is no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. It continues to say that the old man is gone and the new man has come, right? So we know that to be obedient, you have to have a Lord over your life. And if you have a Lord over your life, you have to give it all up. Um, we continue on in Galatians 3, 1 to 5. Um, and I, I didn't give them this, but that's okay. We'll, we'll continue. I apologize. The book of Galatians reminds the Galatians. It tells them, it says, how foolish can you be after starting your new life in the spirit that now you are trying to become perfect in your own human effort. So we, we, we start off this discussion by reminding and encouraging us that by no means are we asking you to do what you cannot do. We're, we're going to really hone in on the power that you have inside of you to be obedient. Because by no means can you do this in your own human effort. Our Lord Jesus Christ, before he left, he made us a promise. He said, I'm leaving you with a gift, the greatest gift ever. That is the gift of the Holy Spirit. He says it in the book of John 14 to verse 15, all the way down to 18. He, and just focusing on, on verse 16, he says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. And he just continues to talk about how that advocate is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit tells us that he's our helper and he's our teacher. So for everything that we're going to discuss you know, oftentimes people talk about um, what we all talk about, if the, uh, the Bible verse that says that if you love me, you will obey me. But actually, if you continue to read on um, in that same verse, it now goes on to talk about the Holy Spirit. So as we open up to talk about obedience and Jesus, you know, the Trinity of God, the Father, God, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So everything he did, he did it with the power he is the Holy Spirit. He is connected to the Father. He did it in unite, like being united to God the Father. So we need to understand that Jesus' obedience was through his love, agreement, and unification with God. So I'm excited. Are you guys excited? Awesome. So we're going to throw it open. Um, and the first question, as I mentioned, is, um, sorry. What does lordship mean to you as it, as it relates to obedience? I can start us off. Uh, lordship to me means, well, it starts with salvation. And I believe that at the moment I received Jesus into my life, that's when he became Lord over my life. And uh, the fruits of that is um, growing in my knowledge of him growing in my knowledge of God and Jesus Christ and understanding what he did for me on the cross and how that has impacted my life. And with the fruits also, uh, the fruits of the spirit are fruits too. So love, joy, peace, patience, and the rest. And uh, I like what Otito said, like it's not by our own effort, but it's by the spirit. One thing that uh, occurred in college was I was trying to do things by my own effort. I wasn't surrendering to God the way I was supposed to, I was like controlling my life. And once I learned that I got to give up that control, that's when God 
like really became the Lord over my life. Like I let him lead instead of me trying to lead. So I was like fully spirit led and yeah. Can I just interject real, real quick? Um, I know this is not, we're not, um, I don't know what they call it in church. You know, when at the end you uh, ask people if they want to give their life to Christ. I, I just wanted to underscore what Ernest said about um, lordship, his lordship starting with salvation. Um, if you're here, you're watching, um, and you have not made Lord Jesus your Lord and personal savior, we are pleading, you know, allow allow yourself to hear God knocking at the door of your heart um, because it's the genesis. It's really the beginning. Everything that we're going to discuss, um, you cannot, you're not able to do it. You're not even able to start that journey if you don't give over your life um, to Jesus and, and have you be Lord. Um, so please, as you hear that knocking, yield <laughs> any answer. Amen. was saying about lordship um it simply means for me to surrender my life to jesus completely to surrender my emotions my wills everything um because one thing about it jesus is already lord so we are the one to submit to his lordship so um when you like the the lordship is Give up your life. Give up everything. Surrender to the voice of the Holy Spirit inside of you. Because when you think about it, anything can take place. Anything can be your, anything in life can be your lordship. It could be sin. It could be sickness, right? It could be your abilities. Like we just said, he, he was, a, he, he was like, he, he um, sorry, he was, um, looking at his strength in college, right? So lordship for me, it simply means forget about yourself and let Jesus lead your life. You know, um, you remember when you look at the old movies, especially he's talking about a kingdom. The kingdom have a king, but also they have lords. The, that lord, let's say you take a particular region, they have a lord over it. That Lord, they control from A to Z what happened over that domain. It's the same thing too. Lordship has this component that when we transfer from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, we have come under the Lordship of Jesus. Means from A to Z in our lives, he control. For in him, we live and move and have our being. Thank you. I'll just add um, more on the fruits of uh, lordship. Um, for me, definitely, I would say one of the, there are a lot of them, but one of the biggest things is freedom. Um, the, all the, the attachments, the weights that made it difficult to obey, they're gone. Like, it's so easy to obey. You understand what I'm saying? The, all the desires that used to weigh, weigh, make it difficult to obey God, it's like dr pretty much gone. It's pretty much gone. And I think that's, that's one of the biggest benefits of 
obeying God is your experience. What the Bible said about if, if the son of God sets you free, you are free indeed. Wink, wink, evangel, indeed. Evangel knows why I said indeed. <laughs> don't worry. But indeed means action. So for those who didn't know, yeah. You're free to act according to God's will. Yeah. I want to say one thing about um, obedience. Um, it could sound like very harsh, you know, that we use that word a lot in the Old Testament. But what God is asking us in the new dispensation is not to hurt us. It's for our own benefit. So obedience really, really means to surrender our life, you know. So we can, we can take it like as very harsh or obey, you know, when you're saying to your children, obey God, obey God. But let's, let's not try to think it's a, it's a bad word, you know, it's a bad thing for, for ourselves and for our lives. The, the truth of the matter is this, ex, this is exactly what Jesus did. You know, he said he was, he, he, he was about his father's business. You know, the, those um, in John 14, 15, the part of your Bible that is all read, where Jesus was, was talking a lot, you know, we, we saw him say there that he, he would only, he's only doing what his father is telling him to do. You know, he was just basically follow, follow, you know, <laughs> that was his, his motto. He, he was just about doing what his father called him to do again tying him tying it back to Jesus who is our who's the classic example who's like the classic model that we should follow like our perfect role model he just did follow follow to to his father God and um and you know to Pastor Daphne's point it's it really isn't harsh because guess what the, the the plans that you have the ideas that you have your own yeah whatever you think you can cook up and um execute for your life I can guarantee you that God's plan is way, way better for you. Amen. Um, but also, we need to, you know, discover what God's plan is, and that's through revelation. You know, um, I think if we're left to our own device, we will make mistakes, we will have plans, but those plans are not God's will for our lives. So I think that um, just being humble and, you know, asking questions, you know, um, and sometimes we think we have it right. We think that the way we're going is the right way, but it's not. It's not until when we get that revelation, you know, when we come to know that truth, that's when we get to experience true freedom, and we really start working to you know in God's will. So I think that you know revelation of of God's love is very important. You know, um, and that comes through fellowship. You know, just hearing from Him. And also, just when he questions your motives, all of that is very important as well, too, you know, to keep in mind. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right, awesome. So now that we've touched on the topic of lordship as it relates to obedience, we're now going to go into the next question. Um, how does the message of the gospel, love, gospel's love, help us to trust and obey God with our lives? Um, and how does obedience to God's word impact our relationship with God? Go ahead, Chris. Um, let me start by saying this. For the gospel is the power of God that leads to salvation. 
Now, it is very important that we as Christians understand salvation and understand the new man that God has done for us in Christ Jesus. Because everything that God does is predicated on the fact that you are born again, you have a new nature. From A to Z. Can we put that scripture up? Ephesians 2, 1 to 6. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. In which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air. The spirit was not at work in those who are what? Disobedient. So, Remember that word, disobedient. Now move to verse 3. All of us also lived, lived past tense among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by what? Nature. Remember that word, children of wrath. Move to 4. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, five, made us alive in Christ, with Christ, even we were dead in transgression. It is by grace we have been what? Saved. Next. And God raised us with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realm in Christ Jesus. You don't have to put that verse up, but it's Colossians 3, 6 to 7. Read the New King James versions. It says that the Bible said the Spirit was at work in the sons of disobedience. That means it was at work in us. That means it's no longer at work because something happened that that Spirit that produces disobedience has been removed from the believer. They have a spirit of sonship which produces what? Obedience. So we can literally say the Christian is no longer a son of disobedience, but he has turned into a son of what? Obedience. Obedience. I'm trying to speed this up so I do not take too much time. It's okay. But here is the thing. The Bible gives you proof of that. Because the Bible also says God is of a pure eyes. He cannot behold iniquity. But the Bible also says that you are what? The temple of the Holy Spirit. For God to not be able to hold, I'm sorry, when I walk, I like, when I talk, I like to walk and I'm restrained by the chair. I'm sorry, that's why I move around. <laughs> yes, even at work, work, when I'm holding meetings, I have to walk around in pace. That's just me. So, yes. I'm sorry, this is prison. <laughs> the chair. The Bible says, you are his temple. For God to dwell in you, that means sin has been taken away. But when he's talking about sin, he's not just talking about sin. He's talking about the sinful nature. Just like we read from verse Ephesians 2, 1 through 6, you lived according to that nature. Oh my goodness, this is refreshing. I'm comfortable. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, man, this is good, refreshing. So now, your nature has changed. If your nature has changed, that's what the gospel revealed to you. That you are a new creation in what? In Christ. So now, it's possible to obey God. That obedience is not an act. 
is an obedience of nature. Because if, understand this, if the law, okay, if the law could have changed it, God would have not sent Christ for what the law could not do. God gave it by sending in what? His own son. You cannot behave yourself into goodness. But your nature produces goodness. Because that nature, according to Ephesians 4.24, is what? Pattern after Christ. Man. Put on the new men who's created what? Ephesians 4.24. Please. Pastor Christopher Lawrence. Please, please. (laughs) So, really, obedience is not an act. It's a lifestyle produced because you have Christ in you. It's a whole different ballgame. That's why the Bible says through one man sin entered the world, which is what obedience. You inherited your rebellious, rebellious nature from what? Adam. But in Jesus Christ, you, you inherited an obedient nature. And the nature is what will always dictate your action. That's why when a Christian does not understand the concept of being born again, you will be ruled by your flesh. And this is the number one thing that leads to backsliding. So let me wrap this up. I do have more to say, but I want to save them time. When we look at Jesus, it's very important that we do this. We should not look at Jesus as if he's unattainable. But I'm not saying we should make Jesus common. We should always look at him in awe, but also remember he's near and dear to us. Because the Bible also says, as Jesus is in heaven... So are we in this world. Your life is hidden in Christ, and Christ is also in God. So as you look at Jesus in all his might, it's very important that we reconcile this truth with ourselves and understand, hey, that same Jesus lives in me. This is why we are talking about him. To remember, as he is in heaven, so are we in this world. Just like him who knew no sin... He remained blameless. When God looks at you, he sees that nature. He said, you know what? My son Christopher is, great, is blameless. My son Paul is blameless. And guess what? Because of that nature, you grow, you live it out. Let me use this last example, please. My wife can't tell me I talk too much. It's okay, babe. Here's it. My son, Nathan, he's born a boy, right? But now, look at this. Can he drive? Can he get married? He can't do that. No, right? Does he have that ability? Yes, he does. But he has to grow into that ability. Just like you as a Christian, you are a born-again Christian, you are a baby. The nature of obedience you have. The more you grow, just like him, you'll be able to drive a car, pick me up, do a bunch of things as he grows old. It's the same thing for you too. Do not worry. The nature of Christ, which is the nature of obedience, is already in you. As you grow, you get revelation of it. You live it out. You realize the lie you used to tell. You don't have to tell anymore because you are growing into your identity. Just like my son, he will grow into his identity. 
He realized, wow, I'm a man. I can be like my father. I can do this. It's the same way too. As you grow in Christ, you realize I'm like him. Therefore, I can do the things he does. Thank you. Amen. 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 Thank you, Chris. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise, praise the Lord. Go ahead. On your, oh, go ahead. I want to add something. And um, I'll, I'll read it. In Romans 12, 2, it says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, is good, pleasing, and perfect will. So as, as you're growing, you, your mind needs to be renewed. And that's part of what happens to the new men, which means that you no longer believe who you were, but now you're believing who Christ made you to be. So that renewing of your mind is very important. And that comes through not only God revealing the truth to you, but also you being around people who, who knows God, who are like-minded, right? Then also when there's appointed time for whether it's service, you know, Bible study, you know, Wednesday prayer, you show up for these things, you're giving yourself an opportunity for your mind to be renewed. So, so I just wanted to, to add that as well. That is very important because what happens is that your flesh will always tell you, this is who you are. This is who you are. But you have to tell them, no, this is who I am. I am the new man, you know, created in Christ's image. Amen. How does obedience to God's word impact your relationship with God? Um, and that is, it, it, it allows for fellowship with the Holy Spirit. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord, Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship. You can't, you can't commune with the Holy Spirit if you're in disobedience. And the only relationship you can have with God is one of trust and obedience. Outside of that, you can't relate with God like he's a human being. Outside of trust and absolute obedience, there's no relationship. There's no relating with God. That's literally the only way you can relate with God. That's the only nature of a relationship you can have with God. Is one where you are trusting him and surrendered, completely surrendered to him because he's not human. He's God. Amen. So, but if you obey, what the Bible says is you start to experience fellowship. You start to experience the, the thing we crave where God comes and says, how can I do a thing without talking to my friend, Abraham? Where God comes and starts talking to you about basketball games. You understand what I'm saying? You want to experience that, you have to live a life of obedience. Amen. And I will also add, you know, there's, there's always a role, right, that we play. But I think a lot of times us believers forget or, miss, or misunderstand what that role is. Um, I've come to understand that that role is to enter into his rest. And a lot of us, um, we don't really understand what it means to enter into his rest. And also um, uh, the, the part of entering into his rest, because we can't do this without the Holy Spirit. He is the one who guides us. He is the one who shows us the truth. He's our truth, right? He's the one who is, compels us to um, believe and then to act out. But we have to enter into his rest. And that entering into his rest, um, and, and, and then I think there's also a part where it talks about uh, uh, laboring to show yourself approved, something along those lines, pastors, if you can help me. Um, but 
that laboring part, again, is not like today I, I will not do this. Today I will not do this. For me, what I've understand, the revelation that I've received is that laboring, that entering into his rest is as we're in this world with this busy schedule, this busy life, this, this, that, things are taking your attention left and right, to stop, stop and eat the word of God, be dwell in the word of God, commune with the Holy Spirit, commune with the word of God. That's the entering into his rest. That's, excuse me, that's the laboring part. <coughs> excuse me, sorry. That's the laboring part that we need to do. Sorry, excuse me. Um, so, you know, um, we need to, we need to marry the Holy Spirit. We need to get into this relationship where we're married to the Holy Spirit, spending time in the word, learning the word. So when we're prompted to do something, we know that it's either from God or it's from our enemy. Um, so when we, when we do that part, when we labor to enter his rest, when we labor to, 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 know the word of God, Thank you, Ma. then the Holy Spirit is able to help us out. You can't give what you don't have, right? You're, you you got to be made. Like Onyeka, I remember some time ago, a long time ago, Onyeka said this sermon. So the, today, my husband loves that sermon that he preached. Um, we have to stop asking God to use us when we haven't even been made. Like when we haven't even... We don't even have anything to, for him to use because we don't, we, don't, we don't feed on the word of God. We don't, we don't spend time with him. You know, for us to walk in obedience, we first need to allow God to make us and, and to transform us, like Pastor said, um, to renew our mind. And we do that by intentionally getting into word, the word of God. It's not a by-the-way thing. It's not if I have time. It has to be your lifestyle. And then as you're doing that, the Holy Spirit will be working in you, through you, and out of you. But without that, without that, it's, you're just laboring on your own. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, I agree. Um, I think it's very important to walk with God daily. Uh, the way I do it, I wake up in the morning and I pray. I do my morning devotional. And I always make it a point to spend time with God the first thing in the day. Um, just to prioritize him, in Matthew 6, 33, it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then everything else will be added. So I prioritize him, and I don't really worry about, you know, the things of daily life and, like, oh, I'm going to get this or that, because I know everything else will be added regardless as long as I prioritize him. And I like what Otito's, uh, Sister Otito said about... Um, she mentioned something that reminded me no of titles, no kind titles. of being led by the spirit and remaining on autopilot. Uh, that's how I think of it because when I'm led by the spirit, I just obey. And this is what Onyeka said, brother Onyeka said earlier, minister Onyeka said earlier. <laughs> yeah, this is what he mentioned earlier. So it just reminds me of being on autopilot and just being fully led by the spirit of God. Amen. I love that autopilot. And that's exactly what we're talking about. You can't give what you don't have. You know, it's impossible, right, Daddy? Impossible, it can't happen. It can't. So you have to be on autopilot by the Spirit of God. You know, I know I personally have been in prayer, and right after coming out of that prayer, that same thing I prayed about not doing, I did, right? Because I'm not filled. I'm a child of God, for sure. 
No one's going to take that away from me. But you can't reproduce what you don't have. So to be able to obey, you have to be so, you, you have to find, you have to give it all up. You have to find time. And you can, like, I know, I used to hate when my parents said this, but you don't have two heads, right? You, you can find time to dwell in the word of God to the point where he becomes a part of you. He's oozing out of you. And the thing is, um, it takes time, right? So there's grace and there's mercy and it takes time. So um, you go from glory to glory. I was just telling uh, Sister Jess yesterday when we were talking, I was like, recently, I just had a revelation from God and it wasn't, it wasn't dramatic. It wasn't like Paul on the way and my eye, I got blind and then, you no, know, it wasn't all of that. It was very subtle. And a lot of times God's revelation is subtle. The Holy Spirit is meek and gentle, but you have to be sensitive. And I got this revelation and I said to myself, this is what it means to go from glory to glory. This is what it means. It's not like this big dramatic event that happens and oh my God, my eyes have been open. Sometimes it could be, but most times it's a very sensitive inner ministering and you're like, that's it. That's it. Praise God. Um, so then I'm going to go on to um, question number three. Thank you so Is it okay if I... Yeah, go ahead. I, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this may be a bit of script, but I wanted to talk about um, if, you know, if you're comfortable sharing any area of your life where um, it's clear that it, it was literally you obeying that just saved you from that circumstance. Because um, the other thing about this in the Reflection Sunday, it's not just about, yes, we, we point... We point all of us to the word of God, because that's what's going to make the change. But we also encourage vulnerability. We, um, we encourage um, speaking to um, the realities also, speaking to the struggles, because someone else listening can say, okay, if they struggled with this, leaned on the power of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit helped them, I'm next in line. So... Anyone who's comfortable sharing just um, any area of your life where you walked in obedience and you saw how that really, you know, made, made a big difference for you. I'm comfortable sharing, but Daphne, you wanted to go, so I'll wait. No, no, I'll wait. I'll wait. Ladies first. It, it's ladies okay, first, Pastor. Please. Go ahead. Besides, ladies first. The way Sunadia has been eyeing me. <laughs> <laughs> giving me the let my wife go. <laughs> I'll wait. You, you, go. you want me to share examples before? Okay. Um, I have so many, but I'm gonna, I can just take something very, very personal. Like, um, at the beginning, you know, in our relationship, I thought I was the man. You mean marriage? (laughs) Yes, in our marriage, you know, I, I was not too obedient. So, because of my upbringings and everything. Um, but... As I'm coming and listening to the word of God and knowing who I am, you know, that's, I was, I, I was also going to add, the gospel takes me from a place of ignorance to a place of knowing who I am and knowing Jesus. So as you come in and listening to that, there, there will be transformation. So I started to understand that he has, 
he is my authority, right? He is my husband. There's things that I've gathered in the past that I have to leave them, that I have to change. So therefore, in, that, in that, all that struggles, God was there for me, teaching me to other women, other, other um, messages, you know? So I can see that there's a lot of change and improvement that I have to follow the, the surrender, right, that we are talking about. And also, okay. that's not the reason I lost my hair. It was already happening. <laughs> <laughs> if you say so. I wanted no. to put that out there. So, um, um, go ahead. I, I'm glad you cleared that up because we were all wondering. <laughs> Thanks for <laughs> um, sharing that. So, a very specific example for me was going back to school in uh, 2020, 2019. One of those years, Sha, God told me to quit my job and go back to school. And... Going back to school has been something he had been telling me since I graduated my bachelor's, but I really just don't like school. And I was like, after my bachelor's, I'm done. Bachelor's, I've, I've paid my dues to myself. I'm done. And God was telling me, go back to school. And at some point in like 2015, I went back to school for my master's in psychology. And after one semester, I got A's, by the way. But after one semester, I was like, God, school is not for me. And I stopped, right? And... Later on, my finances became so bad that I began to cry out to God. Every day I'll go to work, I'll cry out to God, God, I hate this job. What's going on? You know, and God said, go back to school. I gave you a very specific set of instructions. But long story short, I went back to school. I'm making good money right now. Like every single thing I was crying about no longer exists anymore just because of following that instruction. And I just want to throw in this little bonus in there that I would like to beg or like encourage you. If you're living a life where you're not hearing, and I'm using this word very intentional, intentionally, you're not hearing instruction from God. Please take off work, go and get a private room somewhere and find out why. Because there's a difference between hearing sermons and hearing um, words of encouragement and hearing specific instructions on what to do and how to proceed with specific situations in your life. That's a huge like red flag that needs to be, it needs to be fixed right away. You understand what I'm saying? It's very important that you're living your life and you're hearing specific instructions because instructions is what will get you out of your mess not words of encouragement. Words of encouragement will boost you up momentarily. You'll feel good. But at the end of the day, it's God's instructions that need to be followed to get you out of that thing. You understand what I'm saying? Praise God. Yeah. Amen. If I can just, yeah, just to piggyback real quick. You got such um, a key point. I alluded to it, you know, kind of when we first started the importance of, yes, obeying, but he hit the nail on the head where it's even more so, okay, when we want to tie in obedience and fulfilling your God-given purpose, it ties into the specific instruction that he's going to give you. We're all different. You know, I, a few, about a week ago or so, when I was thinking about this, I'm like, when we obey God's instruction for us, right, again, he knows what he wants our life to exhibit, we know that there's greatness in the inside of all of us, every single one of us. But how that greatness will come out is if we listen 
to what he wants us to do. And it's not following trends. It's not, okay, IT is in vogue now, or this one is in vogue, or that one specific, or maybe it's cheaper to live in the South. Just whatever he tells you specifically, following it, that's what's going to bring you to your greatness. And when I say your greatness, it's really truly not about you. It's about what God wants to do through you. It's about his glory that he wants to showcase. On the other side of all of our obedience is someone's life who's going to be saved, someone who you're going to be blessed, children who you're going to make sure you follow God's, God's instruction for you to make sure that their gifts and talents are, are um, really molded. So th it's really key that those specific instructions that he tells us, like, and, and Onyeka said it too, it's possible, I mean, if we're real, sometimes you can be confused about it, right? You don't have clarity. There's just so much information in this world. There's just so much you're doing. You're doing this. And sometimes you may lack that clarity. Just be honest to God. Pause. It's okay to pause. Take that time off, like he said. We'll do what you have to do and really go into his presence because he wants you to prosper. He wants you to succeed. Can you imagine if I, myself here, you're looking at live a life such that I, I obey everything God wants me to obey? Or, or Chris, or Onyeka, our dearest pastors here. Look at Ernest, you know? Or my, my dearest CEO, um, <laughs> Otito. You know, there is, ah, the scripture that says, um, ah, creation is waiting for the manifestation of the... That's it. You will manifest, you will, your greatness will come out when you obey those little instructions, no matter how weird it might seem, little, big, little by little, step by step, and he almost always doesn't give you the full picture, right? But every season of your life, obeying, and at the end, you look back, and you could see clearly that God did a thing through your life, really not just you, but him um, taking lead and, and doing everything, and my prayer, my prayer is that this will be, um, this will be, this will be a manifestation for all of us, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And um, to did you want to say something, Pastor? Yeah, I wanted to say something. Um, um, and it was in, I believe, 2015, 2016. You know, an opportunity came for me to, um, you know, start a business with someone, and um, yeah, everything was going fine. In the beginning, and then one time, I—I I mean, I came to church, and um, this uh, this wonderful Nigerian pastor that said that there's someone here. You start a business with someone, you know, there's a spirit in that person. This business will not work. You know, I was here, you know, thinking that my market was going to go sell, and then he came in, brought this truth, and um, it took me really a year to kind of like come to realization. I kept asking God, was he talking to me? And I'm talking about Pastor, you know, Chidi. I'm like, was he talking to me? And I came to realize that he was talking to me because I was, you know, eager to just do it. But, but the but truth came. And, you know, I'm like, is it, is it me? I mean, does it, the Bible says that, you know, that, that, we, that we should prosper, right? You know, he gave us the ability to create wealth. But it's not until that a year goes by. And it wasn't because the business was a bad idea or anything like that. He just said that. He just said there's a spirit in that person that, that is your partner that is never going to take off. 
and you know you'll see good things and then next thing you know thing will fall apart so i just got to the point where like i didn't wrestle anymore and until i really walked away from it i said it's okay it is well because i've came to accept you know that truth that it wasn't gonna work so i didn't have to wrestle anymore i, I had this freedom you know my partner would call me i said don't worry about it have fun enjoy yourself you know he was kind of like wondering like wow i was saying this to him but it was because i got to the point where i just knew what god said and i just you know let go so you know we may find ourselves in a situation where the truth will come and we wrestle with it but but you know god's word will prevail Amen. Amen. I just wanted to add to, to that, you know, uh, the book of, the Bible says that uh, two cannot walk together except they agree. That's in the book of Amos, right? So to accomplish, um, to accomplish anything, you have to agree. You can't obey the Lord if you don't agree with him. I think a lot of us need to check our hearts and find out if we agree first. Because if you don't agree, you can't walk with him. Jesus said that I do what the Father tells me to do. I say what the Father tells me to say. Even to the point of death when he bled, he sweated blood, he agreed with his Father. And because of that agreement that they had, they were able to accomplish what they set out to do. So whatever it is that the Lord has said, he called us, he said in um. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1, verse 5, it says that I knew you before you were in your mother's womb. I set you apart. Um, so for you to be able to, I, I can't, Ernest and I cannot accomplish anything if we don't agree. We have to first decide if we're going to agree with God. And if we're deciding we're not going to agree with God, then you just live this Christian life empty. And live the Christian life without the fruits that you need to produce because he can't work with you if you don't agree with him and he's not going to force you he's a gentle and quiet spirit he's meek and he's humble so once you agree then you start doing the works of entering into his word to find out what his word says there's mercy and there's grace but you have to be consistently agreeing and he'll see your heart and he'll help you so what I learned from this is love is important Jesus obeyed because he loved but then you also have to agree, and then through agreeing, you can walk with the Father by the power of the Holy Spirit. So I just wanted to chip that part in. Um, like um, Pastor Snadi said, if he, when he heard about the job, if he didn't agree and he said, well, I, I gotta make this money, I gotta make this money, then God will let him make the money. And wherever he fall, fell short, he'll fall short. But if he agreed to that voice inside of him and asked the Holy Spirit, help me, the Holy Spirit will help him. Help me. Yeah. And he did help you. He did help me. He told me to leave it alone. And I left it alone. He left it alone. Praise awesome. be to God. Go ahead, Chris. You know, as I sat here, this came to my mind. I wanted to share it. Um, you know, the Bible says surrender, surrender, right? But he said but God instructed me, surrender is not asking the Christian to do something that is difficult. Because God has equipped us to, with everything that pertains to what? Life and godliness. 
See, when I'm asking the Christians to surrender, what I'm telling him to do is this. Jesus lived a surrendered life. It's no longer you that live. Jesus lives in you. Therefore, be like Jesus. He's saying in other terms, I'm simply asking the Christian to live by the spirit. That is in him. That inhabits him. That's what surrender means. Thank you. And um, we say that we can do all things through Christ that give us strength. So I think that's you know, falling in line with what you're saying, that using that Christ's ability to do the things that seems impossible to us and um, so we can grow. Pretty much God has equipped you to surrender already. He has equipped you to do it. Amen. Um, the same time came to my mind also, surrendering shouldn't be a struggle because the Bible tells us that we are spirit, right? So it's up to us to develop that intimacy in us so we can hear clearly the voice of God. It's like, if I speak right now, Joshua will know my voice. The Bible says, uh, um, they, uh, they, they hear my, the sheep hears my voice and they know, he, they know me. So as you're developing that intimacy, he will, you will know when God is talking to you and when God is not talking to you. You will, you will be able to identify that, that thought coming to you, you know? Amen. Sorry, I just want to add one last thing as well. Please. You know, when the Lord, when the Lord called his disciples, um, he said, follow me. That was the first thing he did. He said, follow me. Then from following, he now taught them. Then from teaching, they were able to act. And that's our Christian walk. That's, how, that's our walk in obedience. Is we, first we follow, then we learn. We, we learn from God. We learn from the Holy Spirit. And then we're able to produce. I wanted to add that as well. Amen. Amen. So we are trying to be mindful of time. Um, we do want to spend some time um, praying. Yes, you know, we have a prayer session. But we want to pray... Um, uh, two, two key prayer points that came to mind is, you know, the, the grace to obey. Um, prayer, uh, we also know that prayer produces power, right? We cannot do this on our own, but we know this one thing that can re re produce power, which is prayer. So we're going to really pray um, and, and ask that, you know, that this grace for, obe for obeying that God has given us, that we start to walk in it. I also want to want to pray a prayer because um, this came to mind today. God help me. Um, I do believe that there are things that could happen to us when we walk in obedience. I mean, in disobedience, we can get ourselves entangled or entrapped I don't necessarily want to go into details, but one thing I do know is that there could be, no, there are consequences of walking in, in disobedience. And I want us to pray specifically also the next prayer point. Let's, let's all start, get ready to, to be in the mood of prayer. Um, and, but the, um, any, any consequence of any disobedience we've ever had, the ones we know of or the, and the ones we don't know of, that God in his mercy and his grace will kind of, will, will just help us in that situation. And um, that's the second prayer point um, I had. Otito, I know you wanted to. Yeah, and then we can use um, the book of Matthew, chapter 18, um, 18 to 19. 
um, as you pray and then any other prayer. And then also, uh, I encourage you to use um, the um, 1 John 2.27 that talks about the Holy Spirit leading you into truth um, and helping you. Um, and as we pray, I want us to, if you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I want you to go ahead and pray in the Spirit um, and pray in your understanding. 